Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Extra the Podcast. I'm Melvin Robert. This week, Jay Leno opens up about how he's faring since last year's freak car fire accident that left him with burns on over 70% of his body. Plus, Bachelor in Paradise bartender Wells Adams talks about his dream for a golden Bachelor in Paradise. But first, Ryan Reynolds has had a front row seat to the trailer show. He recently cheered on Travis Kelsey with wife Blake Lively and pal Taylor Swift at that star-studded Chiefs-Jets game. Extras Mona Kosar Abdi caught up with Ryan, who was being honored with the Robin Williams Legacy of Laughter Award. Oh, hello. How are you? Good. Okay. Was there a memo because Eric's wearing green? Green just is. Everyone's wearing green tonight. No, I, there was not a memo. If there was, I blatantly ignored it. I see someone else is in green. Over, yeah, it's. I think it's fall. Everyone's starting to get into fall, maybe. These are on the ground. We are. Yeah. We're starting to change colors. Um, what an honor! What an honor to receive the Robin Williams Legacy of Laughter Award. I mean, I can't even think of a bigger honor than to be associated, obviously, with Robin Williams. Previous recipients, we just talked to Whoopi Goldberg. Everyone is rooting for you. How do you feel? Uh, I am uh, I am deeply and profoundly honored. I mean, as somebody who, I've not just watched Robin my whole life, but I've studied him. I mean, he's, a, you know, he's, he's, quite, he's quite literally singular. Uh, so there's nobody else uh, like him before him or after him. There never will be. So uh, I'm incredibly honored and touched to be here. And also just to spend time with uh, Mr. Williams' family like this is incredible. Um, I mean, I was going to ask you if you drew inspiration from Robin, because I could draw parallels from your character in Just Friends to Miss Doubtfire, just like dressing up and bringing that laughter yeah. to everyone, bringing that joy to everyone. 
But he he was very impactful in your career. Yeah, I I I, I would n- I would never compare myself to to, to Robin Williams. Oh, and as much as there was just something blowing through him that uh, blew through no one else. And um, like I said earlier, he was singular, and and, and uh, I I you know his work lives on. But I can't think of a better legacy. For Robin Williams, then, then obviously there's the body of work, there's the joy and the laughter they left behind. But then there's, there's, I think the greatest legacy of his is his humanity, um, and I think that's why everyone's here today and tonight is to, is to uh, celebrate that humanity. You may not see it, but I will draw the parallels and right. say that you are, <laughs> you it. are leaving your own legacy behind. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, I want to talk about football, not sure. football, but football. Uh, okay, because okay. you have been all over. I mean, you helped coordinate with maximum effort. The Jacob State Farm thing to yeah. go meet Donna Kelsey. We yeah. saw you with Taylor at the Chiefs game. Yeah. How much fun were you guys having? It's a lot of fun. I mean, you know, right? The NFL right now is re- reaching a kind of fever pitch. You know, that you, usually is only reserved for the Super Bowl, but you know, here we are at the fourth or fifth game of the year, and it's already happening. So, uh, I've, I played football when I was a kid. I loved it. I love watching it. I continue to. I will always watch it. It's a, it's a great sport. But football, in my mind now, is is what we would call soccer over here because I can't say I can't say soccer when I'm in uh, Europe in any way, shape, or form. So no, they would read you for filth. Um, Lastly, before you leave, I just wanted to say happy early birthday. Thank you. Halloween is also right around the corner. Yeah. Do you got the kids' outfits ready? Are they are we gonna see a little yeah, Barbie? I don't know why my kids want me to go as Lawrence Welk. I, I don't, it makes no sense to me. I, I don't. I can't track their exposure to Lawrence Welk. I can track a, like a minimal amount for me, but not for them. I don't understand. But they want me to go as Lawrence Welk. So are you going to? I'm going. Of course, I'll do anything they say. I don't. I don't. I'm not the boss. Yeah. We love it. We love it. Congratulations. What a guy. I love Ryan so much. Congratulations, man. Definitely a well-deserved honor. Okay, things are heating up on the beaches of Bachelor in Paradise, and no one has a better seat to the action than bartender Wells Adams. I caught up with Wells, who shares the highs and the lows of this season of Paradise, his dream of having a golden Bachelor in Paradise, and the best part of being married to wife Sarah Hyland. Wells Adams in the house, everybody. It's good to see you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, okay, so first of all, how are you doing? Celebrating doing, one year yeah. of being married. Uh, amazing. But like, I do want to be like, we've been married for like three years because we were supposed to get married in 2020 and then the pandemic. And so we were supposed to get married in 2021 and then the, the pandemic. And then we got married in 2022. <laughs> yeah. So we, like, we feel like we've been married for a lot longer than we have. But um, yeah, uh, our one year anniversary was on the, was August 20th. That's paper. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's like a book, <laughs> like, yeah. like a side. What did autograph. you get? What did you get her? I so we pushed it because she was filming when we did it. So yeah. actually, it's coming up. We're gonna do it uh, next week. So I can't say because then she'll she'll hear. Well, I'll tell you off air. It's good. Okay. It's good. That's really good. How's it been? It's been great. Yeah, being married is wonderful. Uh, you have like your own little cheerleader, uh, you know, rooting you on. And you have someone who, when you go to a party and you get too drunk, can be like. We gotta go now. <laughs> so uh, it's it's been wonderful, and I love her so much. Uh, it's so good, man. Well, yeah. congratulations to you. Thanks. Um, new season, Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah, you are back. I'm back, back again. This is season seven for me. So it's uh, yeah, this is old hat at this point. Yeah. So do you like your role as bartender? I feel like you get to stay out of a lot of the drama, but also be there to offer support. Yeah, I am 
very much a part of everyone's relationship, actually. Like, I just married Joe and Serena, and like, I felt like I was a part of that. So the stakes are very high for me. Yes, like, I get to sit back and watch the dumpster fire burn, but um, <laughs> I'm also like very much rooting for these people and like very much invested. So it's both for me, if I'm being honest with you. What are we gonna see this season? What are you most excited for viewers to see? Lot of love triangles or other shapes too. Love <laughs> octagons, love rhombuses, whatever. Um, there's a lot of really beautiful love stories that come out of this. I mean, I, I think that people love to watch like the breakups and um, the tears and people freaking out over the crabs. But I think at the end of the day, everyone really loves to watch like these love stories grow and then hopefully have engagements at the end. And I can tease this, this is a very special season because we actually have a wedding at the end of it, which is mm -hmm. not something that we normally have. Wow, so when you enter into a new season, you're along the journey. Are there particular couples that you root for more than others? Well, there are people I just like more than other people. <laughs> like, uh, I, I'm, I've gotten to the point now where I used to be peers with everyone else. I was the same age. And now I am like 10, 15 years older than a lot mm -hmm. of these people. Um, so sometimes I can't just really understand what they're saying. They're using like Gen Z terms, that, like I don't know what they mean. Um, <laughs> like what? Uh, bet and Riz and uh, <laughs> a lot of vibes, the, a lot of flags. They're green, they're beige, they're red. I don't know what's happening. Come on, man. Uh, it's just like a lot of very confusing things that are happening around me. But um, for the most part, uh, you know, it's an old bachelor-like cliche, like being there for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. And I can very much suss out who's there for the right reasons and who is not. And so I'm always rooting for those people who are there for the right reasons. Who's not there for the right reasons this season? I can't say that out loud yet. You gotta keep watching, because I think some things come to light in episodes to come. Um, but I can tell you who is there for the right reasons. Yes. Uh, Will is definitely there for the right reasons. Maybe too much so, because he's always <laughs> crying and he's like so emotionally invested in like anyone who just wants to talk to him, like so badly wants to get uh, married. So I'm like rooting for him. And then also what I love about Paradise is it's obviously everyone's second chance at love. And it's also like everyone's like redemption story. Mm -hmm. And you know, on charity season, Braden was the bad guy. He was the villain, everyone hated him. And he, I'll be honest, like going into the season, I didn't like him either. Um, but after doing the show this past season, getting to know him, he has an amazing character arc. He turns everyone from hating him to loving him. Um, so I was really rooting for that guy. I feel like Bachelor in Paradise is a place where stars are born because because of your point about redemption. Yeah. You get to see people turn things around. For sure. And then it's, what's really hilarious is that sometimes people who are absolutely beloved on Bachelor or Bachelorette come in and all of a sudden they're hated. Then they become the villain. Yeah. They get a taste of like what well, they didn't experience the first time around. But it's a, it's a really good opportunity for people to really show who they are because you're just stuck there mm -hmm. and you're just <laughs> interacting with everyone. Whereas on The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, you know, you're only dating one person and then interacting with a bunch of, you know, same sex people where you could easily get into fights with everyone. Whereas yeah. this is much more like, I always say it's, um, it's like a singles retreat. Mm -hmm. It's like a thing that like a lot of people can go on and do go on. Um, the only difference is, is that ours is being filmed, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, uh, Pilot Pete. Yes. He's here. 
Pilot Pete 2.0. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, hot property, huh? Well, he's a very handsome boy. Um, he's like 6'5". He is absolutely shredded. He like flies, you know, jumbo airliners. So he's like very accomplished. I think pilots make a lot of money. So yeah, he's um, he's a hot commodity. Another couple born out of Bachelor in Paradise. Okay. Dean and Kayla. Yep. I just yeah. went to their wedding. Yeah. What was that like? Uh, it was amazing. It was uh, outside of Aspen on a yoga retreat, uh, like compound, no cell service. It was much like going to paradise where you can't have your phone, like there's no TV. Um, and it was so much fun. And it was one of the more beautiful weddings I've ever been to. Really? And it was really different. So instead of like a welcome party or a um, uh, rehearsal dinner, mm -hmm. they did field day. Oh. So in like your tote bag when you got there, everyone got like a different colored hat, which denoted what team you were on. And then we did like, um, balloon toss or That's like cool. dizzy bat and I was like this is dumb this is gonna be not fun and then afterwards I was like this is the most fun thing I've ever yeah. done in my entire life I love this so yeah highly recommend doing field day your next wedding uh, is there anybody in bachelor nation that you would love to marry uh, well I got to marry Joe and Serena yeah and that was a very surreal moment because I was with them for that journey so that was really lovely I wanted to marry Dean and Kaylin, but I was not asked to, <laughs> which is probably better, because uh, I liked being there and kind of uh, experiencing it. Um, ooh, I love Kenny and Mari. I was with them during their the whole courtship, and they're beautiful uh, inside and definitely out. That would be a fun one to do, and... Oh, I'm great friends with Nick Vial. Mm -hmm. Even though Natalie's not like from the show, yeah. I she's part of Bachelor Nation at this point. So yeah, I would, I would. Well, I want to go to that wedding. Whether or not uh, I get to be the officiant, uh, we'll see. He's gonna be a dad soon. I know. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I feel. I'm so happy for he's him. He's so excited about that. I know, and he's gonna be a girl dad, which I think yeah. he's gonna be such a I think good so too. girl dad. Like he's yeah. so in tune and in touch with like his emotional side, mm -hmm. like that's why his podcast is so great. Um, and so I think he's gonna be such, such a good girl dad. But you know he's like one of 11. Like, I know that, big family. Yeah, yeah, and his parents are the best. So I'm really happy for them. And um, they're also, much like Kenny and Mari or Joe and Serena, they're like ridiculously attractive. So like whatever, <laughs> that baby's gonna be very, very cute. Yeah, uh, what about you and Sarah, do you desire be dead? Do y'all want to have kids? Is that something that you've thought about? Totally. Yeah. But my wife is also like kind of killing it right now. So I think we're going to wait just a little bit longer. Um, you know, she's starring on Bumper in Berlin. She's also hosting uh, Love Island USA. Like she's doing kind of everything. And so we're going to wait just a little bit longer. And luckily she's a lot younger than I am. So yeah. we're in, a, we're in no time. real hurry. Uh, Golden Bachelor, you've been watching that? Yes. Um, and I love Gary. Like he is, Me too, he man. Is oh my god, the sweetest man. And I yeah. met him. I uh, went to like a premiere party where we watched both episodes, and I got to meet him, his daughters, his niece. Uh, like he is so perfect for that role. He's like I kept saying, it's like the Ben Higgins of Golden Bachelor. Like everyone <laughs> loves him. You know, yeah. he's so sweet. Um, I'm rooting for him. What I did think was funny is like the scheduling because they have. Golden Bachelor leading into Paradise. So it's like 
these cute like older couples like getting a second shot at love and it's so heartwarming and then it's like my show where it's like, do you wanna suck on my toes? Yeah. <laughs> what just happened here? <laughs> it's, I'll also have to say the contestants on The Golden Bachelor, yeah. those ladies, I mean, the casting is amazing. Oh, I know. And so I've been saying this all day long because I've been doing press all day today about the show. I want nothing more than there to be a golden bachelor in paradise. And like, oh. hear me out. So this is my vision. It needs to happen in like Florida <laughs> or like Palm Springs, somewhere very hot. Um, we need to, uh, everyone has to like arrive in golf carts, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we're doing one-on-ones on the shuffleboard court. Um, I think that like group dates are happening up, bingo night. <laughs> and then of course I need to be there making drinks. I feel like it's gonna be all like martinis and Manhattans and old fashions, like very like sophisticated drinks. But then also there'll be a side <laughs> of my bar that has like Mylanta and like Tums. <laughs> And like Pepto, you know? Yeah. <laughs> what do we, like, if you had to have like a specialty cocktail mm. available at the bar, what's it called? In Paradise? Yeah, for the Golden Bachelors. Oh, for the Golden Bachelor. Yeah. Uh, I like old fashioned because I feel like uh, it's a very proper drink. And also they're all old fashioned, yeah. right? Like they're all old fashioned people. Yeah. So I think that works. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> I love a good old fashioned too. It's my favorite drink. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. Do you make them? I do, actually, I don't know how much time you've got, but the reason why I got the job as the bartender in Paradise is because when I was on The Bachelorette, I used to make drinks for everybody mm. when they would get a rose, like before a rose ceremony. So then it became a thing that people wanted to get a rose Obviously, to like get to the next week and like maybe get engaged, but they're yeah. also like, but I want one of Wells's famous old fashions, and so that's how this whole thing started. And that's my favorite drink, and it's also my wife's favorite drink. Really? Yeah. I love the cherries, like those yeah. cherries. Yeah, the Luxardo cherries. Yeah, man. Oh yeah. That's like one of my favorite drinks. Um, all right. Why? My last question is this: Bachelor Nation has a very loyal following. Yes. Folks are like waiting on the Bachelor, waiting on the Bachelor, waiting on Bachelor in Paradise. Why? Do you think that is? Well, I th because they can grow with the show. Like I think that's why Paradise is so popular because you become so emotionally invested in the entire cast from The Bachelor. And then you get really in invested in Bachelor in Paradise. And then you all of a sudden you, you feel these certain, this certain way about these two different shows. And then we bring them all together yeah. in the third show, which is Paradise. Um, and so everyone's rooting. It, it's. It's the closest thing to sports that I think reality TV has come to because everyone's rooting for someone. And it's also appointment viewing. Like, you know, I can't tell you how many like watch parties I've been to where it's like 15, you know, like crazy girls drinking, you know, a lot of red wine. There used to be like fantasy drafts, just like sports. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think it's so easy to root for someone somebody or a bunch of different people and I think that's why it's uh it's so crazy. Yeah. yeah. Thank you man. Thank you for coming. Good yeah, to see thank you. Thank you. You as well. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
You can catch Wells Adams on Bachelor in Paradise Thursday nights on ABC. Not of this. Jay Leno is given back to the next generation of comics at the Comedy Fantasy Camp. He explains to Extra why funny will always be funny. Plus, he reveals how he's faring since his scary car fire accident last year. Jay Leno. How are you? Amazing. And how are you? I'm, I'm very good. Thank you. I was sitting and I was watching a little bit. Um, we are here at the Comedy Fantasy Camp. Right. Why was it one important for you, or why did you want to be a part of this, and what is the camp about? Well, they asked me, and I like talking to comics, and yeah. comics like to help other comics. You know, it's a pretty friendly business. Because when I started, I had never even met another comedian. I probably did it for a year before I even met somebody else who was a comedian. And then you realize, oh, you're not the worst. You know, when I was a kid, I, I, my, my mother's, my aunts, my mother's sister would go, Jay will get that comedy thing out of his head. You know, they all kids go through that kind of nonsense. You know, it didn't seem like a viable career, you know, to any of the adults. So then you meet other comics and you go, oh, wow, this is unbelievable. Because you grew up in Massachusetts. Like you live here and you have kids who want to be lighting directors or they want to be animators <laughs> because their parents were. Right, right. But back home, nobody did that. It wasn't a way to make a living. It might have been a hobby, but that was about it. So to be, you know, obviously a legend like yourself. And to have yes, all these yes, people, that's it. You know, but that's what I'm saying, to have all these people be able to be not just seeing you from a distance, not just watching you on TV, but they get to be up close and personal with you, ask questions as well. If you, if this was around back when you first started, who are some comedians that you would have actually gone and wanted to see or get advice Well, from? I did actually meet with a lot of comedians I like. Rodney Dangerfield, Robert Klein, George Carlin. And all of them were very nice to me. And consequently, I'm very nice to young comedians when I meet them because it's such an odd business. Nobody thinks it's, you're gonna make a living at it. You know, you know, everybody can talk. Not everybody can play guitar. Not everybody can sing. But everybody, oh, you should have my uncle on. He's really funny. What does he do? Oh, just put him on. He's really funny. Well, give me an example. Oh, it's just fun. You know, they can't define it. Yeah. So how do you deal with that at a place like this where you have all these people that have signed up? Do they think, hey, maybe Jay Leno's going to teach me how to be funny? Is that what they no, think? No, I don't think so. Okay. I think they're just looking for advice. You just okay. don't know where to go. You know, it, it, it's... You're just giving it... Obviously, you either have the ability or you don't. I don't think... You, you might be able to teach people how to be funnier, but not necessarily how to be funny. But if you've come this far and you sign up for something, you probably think you have a talent for it. You might be the funniest person your friends know or something like that. And maybe, just maybe, you can make a living doing it. Is there a common theme that you're noticing that people are kind of asking about, maybe along the same lines, or some advice that you've maybe repeated? Well, it's more like how do you get started. With, I mean, the advice I always give people is go anywhere where you can be on stage. Maybe it's your church, maybe it's your synagogue, maybe there's a talent show, maybe you're addressing your congregation. I mean, you know, there are a lot of funny ministers and pastors and priests and people like that uh, who have a little bit of show business in them. So anywhere you can get up and talk. If you were to break down kind of like the evolution of comedy, I know we don't have that much time, but what are the main differences that you see in like today's comedy world? I don't see any difference. Funny okay. is funny. I mean, obviously you go through times when certain things are funnier than other things, uh, but no, I don't think it changes that much. I mean, I, 
as I said in there, you watch a silent movie from the 20s, While we're waiting for you know, Leno, you know you're, you're bored out of your mind because it seems slow and laborious, you know. But if you watch Charlie Chaplin or Harold Lloyd or Buster Keaton. What do you say to people who now, especially with the climate that we're in, are like, hey, I'm scared to tell that joke. I don't want to get canceled. What would you say to that? Or how do you advise well, then, people? Well, I mean, use your common sense. You're in this business because you can read faces and you can read people. Um, we just had someone on stage, a new comedian, he said something. And I was reading the audience when he used a particular phrase. He said, you know, we as white people have to get together, something like that. And I said, you know, it sounds in this day and age, maybe there's a better way to phrase that. Because it sounds like, is he saying, you don't want to knock him off course. You got him flowing your way. Now you've just knocked him off course with something that's either sexist or anti-Semitic. It's no harder or easier to do comedy now than it's ever been. You know, it's like... Stuff that used to be the law is now against the law, like segregation and stuff like that. Jokes that used to be acceptable are no longer acceptable. So you tell other jokes, you know. There was the dumb blonde joke, the women driver joke, all those kind of things. Well, it seems passe because women have careers and jobs and they drive buses and trucks. and So the idea of women drivers being anything just seems passe. It makes you sound old fashioned. And most of all, it makes you sound not funny. There needs to be a ring of truth in something to be humorous. You find that little thing, you go, oh, my mom does it, my sister did that, you know, whatever it might be. And then it's okay. I have to say, you're looking amazing. Oh, I thank you. How are you feeling? That's are how you, you know feeling? you're getting old. No. Hey, you're still alive. No, because, you know, we were all looking at those headlines when the accident happened with, with, with your car. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so to see you, you look amazing. Well, I, thank you. Good. Thank you. Yes, I'm very good. And I, I, did you did you sell the car or are you still no, working I still on the have car? No, I still the car. Okay. That's the okay. great thing about being okay. over. Once men are over 40, you can't teach them anything. <laughs> they still do the same stupid things they always do. So still working on the car? Still working on the car. <laughs> okay. The late night shows are back as well. Do you ever miss it or are you? You know, I enjoyed you know? it when I did it. Okay. Um, yeah, it was great fun. I mean, I did it for 22 years. At some point, I shouldn't have to know all of Jay-Z's music, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, when you're 40 and you're talking to a supermodel, it's sexy. When you're over 60, you're the creepy old guy, you know? And you don't want to be the creepy old guy, even though I am the creepy old guy. Do you still keep up with the headlines? Like you, you, you Yes, yes. Okay. I'm, I'm not dead. Yes, well, I do well, keep you know, up. Well, you used to have to really keep up with them to be ready for it. So are you like No, no. Okay. You didn't have to keep up. All okay. you had to know was what everybody else knows. Because okay. when you know more than everybody else knows, you're not funny anymore. Now you're preaching at them. Now you're telling them something they didn't know. Now they're paying attention to that. When you, you just get a cursory view of where things are, you know, Biden and Trump are old. Congress is useless. You know, there's certain things that are sort of inevitable. You, you know. started already. I was going to spit a couple headlines yeah, there at you. Yeah, there you go. There you go. What? Yeah, why, what is that again? It's, it's the uh, reality show where one of the guys was cheating on his girlfriend oh, yeah. and took over. Okay, see, that's, you know, it's so okay. funny because in the old days, you had limited media. So everybody had access to the same information. Like when I was a kid and up until I was maybe 40, TV commercials were the, you ever seen that commercial? Oh yeah, the whole audience. Now you mention a commercial, what? 
you know. So my, not that reality no. show. Okay. What about the Golden Bachelor? Yeah, I mean, you see that, the Golden Bachelor, yeah. That's my favorite thing. I remember on the Tonight Show once, I said, my next guest has sold more albums than Elvis and the Beatles combined. Please welcome, who is this? <laughs> I never heard of the guy. I don't know the song. You know, I mean, that's the world you live in now. We're not all doing the same thing. Right, right. I mean, there was a certain thing about that that made it nice, but also made it awful. Yeah. So now everybody's into their own thing. Whatever you're into, you, you sort of follow that. I know you have to know Trailer, though. Huh? Taylor Swift and oh, Travis Taylor Kelsey. Swift. Yeah, yeah. Comments on that? No, I don't have anything on that. I mean, it's like, it's fine. You yeah. know something? I had her on the show all the time. She was the most wonderful person, kindest person, goes into the audience. You know, you'd see all these impressionable young girls as young as eight or nine years old, and their eyes would light up, and then... And she's a role model. I think she's a great role model, a terrific person. It was beautiful to see her at the Grove and how amazing yeah, she was with her family. She's a too. really nice person. I, I, I was very, oh, when our staff, she, people loved when she came on, very polite and shake hands and take pictures. No, great person. Last one, hopes for yeah. the resolution for the strike, the second after strike. Well, let's hope so. I yeah. mean, I hope so. So keep our fingers crossed. All right. Well, thank okay, you so much. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Talk about resilience. It is always great to hear from Jay Leno. Next up, since landing on the hip-hop music scene four years ago, Saweetie has made the industry take notice with multiple platinum hits. Now she's talking to Extra about the full-circle moment that landed her back at her old USC stomping grounds. First of all, can we get a close-up on those nails? Absolutely. Betty Boo. A little 3D art, a little bling, you know, something cute, something light. How fantastic. We are going to talk about the nails. We are going to talk about exactly why you're here. But I do have to say, this feels like kind of a full circle moment for you. You went to school at USC down the street and you are a two-time Grammy-nominated artist. And now you are at the Grammy Museum being honored. How does all of this feel to be standing here today? It feels very surreal, you know? I'm even like looking around at all the all of the artifacts and I can't believe I'm in the same place as a lot of these names, but hey, I'm here, baby. <laughs> you are here. Now let's just talk a little bit about hip hop. And I know this may sound like a cliche question, but I love to ask people like, when did you kind of decide, look, I'm gonna go from listening to hip hop to actually making this a career. Mm, well, I was writing poetry first. And then once I realized that hip hop was basically poetry over the beat, I would say like when I was around like 13 years old, 
Mm -hmm. And you said, you know what? This is going to be me. It was going to be, well, yeah, (laughs) it's going to be me and it is me. But I remember at that age, um, because I grew up in the Bay Area and then I went to high school in Sacramento and being in those cities where, you know, a lot of the action isn't... um, so so visible i was like how do i get out there so shout out to all the you know the writers the aspiring artists in little cities you matter and just make sure you go after your dream baby Yes. And something else that I think is super dope about what you do is obviously sampling is such a big part of hip hop culture so you have a way of taking hits that were past big hits and then reintroducing them to a whole new audience as a current hit. Why did you decide that, you know what, this is this is my lane and this is what I want to do? So interestingly, like, when I fell in love with hip hop, I would just write over like beats that I love. So that's where my interest, you know, came from. So I just love that I'm able to flip it and I can take your hit and I can make it mine. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Now, something else I love about you is your style, girl. It is fantastic. I want to talk about the intersection kind of between hip hop and fashion. Before we talk about your amazing style, what is like an iconic, I guess, some iconic years in hip hop where you can think of and be like, yo, I really loved fashion during that time? I think, you know, Lil' Kim, the wigs, the furs, the mo- like I love how she would be monochromatic with her looks. I look how I like how she would be so unapologetic. Like, you just never knew what she was gonna get from her, and she had cancer, so that's a cancer girl right there. Yes, <laughs> yes. And then today, you know, as you know, as soon as I walked into the exhibit, I saw the bling. I saw the nails. Your nails are in casing. Like when you walked in and you saw that, what were your thoughts? I was like, I can't believe it. It's like right in front of the letter of. Um, Tupac, Tupac's letter. I'm like, my nails and Tupac's letter is right here. I'm like, okay, West Coast in the building, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Have you always loved nail art? I always, I actually would do nail art on myself. I used to go to the beauty supply store, get the like the skinny brushes and I would do my own nails on the weekend. Mm -hmm. And then at some point, I don't know what point it was, it all of a sudden became, okay, we know Sweetie for her music but now we also know her for her nails. And whenever my nails get a little long, I'm like, no, I saw Sweetie eating McDonald's with her nails. So don't tell me that there's anything wrong with the length of my nails. When did you say, you know what, this is going to be my thing? I always loved long nails, but in high school I would play sports, so I couldn't wear nails. I was a volleyball player. Girl, and if you play volleyball, cut your nails, because if that ball hits it, it's over. So after I was done playing sports, I was like, I'm gonna finally go get some nails. Did and now they are in the Grammy Museum. I do want to talk to your nail tech in a second, but I want a couple other things that I want to I want to chat with you about. First, icy baby, your foundation, financial literacy. Why is it important to teach about that and also break down the foundation? Well, I think it's imperative that we teach our kids not to just put, you know, money in a shoebox or money into your bank account, like having your money work for you. And I think those are things that are generationally taught. But, you know, sometimes in black and brown communities, we're not taught that. So I thought that it was important that we teach kids that look like me, like my grandmother, like my family, how to make their money work for them. So I'm happy that they're starting at a young age, because if it becomes a habit, it'll just become second nature to them as they get older. 
I love that because I think back in school and I'm like, that's the one thing that I feel like I wish we would have learned about. Yeah, but instead we was learning about stuff that we don't even apply to our life no more. <laughs> here we are running up credit cards. I wish we would have known about it. But now I see baby, the foundation. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now something else, Tender, break down that collab for me and what it's about. So what I like about Tinder is that they always find a cool, fun, organic way to integrate their, their way into like whoever they're collaborating with's audience. So the first time I worked with them, it was like me and some girls vetting some guys and I was giving them advice on who to date, who not to date. And then for this next challenge, we're actually coming to a college who wins the, the competition. So I'm just I'm just happy to be a part of something that's that's fun and that's giving back to the community in an interesting way. Now I have to ask, what are some red flags that you think women on these dating apps should look for and be like, no, that is not, I'm not choosing that profile. And then what are some green flags? You know, let's talk about some positive things that they could see on their profile. Some advice from Sweetie. I would say a green flag. I like a man who's like cultured. So if he travels a lot, I'm like, okay, you must know something. Teach me something. I like to be with a man who could teach me. Um, a red flag. Like a red flag? What do you not want to see on the dating profile? Maybe some advice to the fellas and be like, do not put this on your dating profile. I mean, I, I guess just all party pictures. I mean, unless you're down for that vibe, but I just feel like, do you have a job? Why are you yeah. always partying? <laughs> <laughs> I can't be the only one working because I'm a working woman, baby. So get it together, fellas. Now that's advice from Sweetie and also ladies look out for those pictures. Now let's bring in the fabulous Nail Tech. I'd like to love to talk to her. Come on over here. Yes. We're going to slide a little bit. I can be out there. Yes. You look amazing and congratulations. How did it feel to walk in to the Grammy Museum? this exhibit, the mixtape exhibit, and to see your art showcased there in front of the what? Whose letter? Tupac. Tupac. It was uh, surreal. And I felt like a rush of just, God, wow, I'm in this, I'm in the Grammy Museum. And it felt like a blessing. Like, it was just like, wow, such an honor. So what is your inspiration when Sweetie sits in the chair, right? And she's like, I got this event. Does she say, I need this, this, and this? Or do you guys kind of like work together? Like, what's the flow like? I'll let you go first, and then I wanna, I'll let you go. Okay. Well, one, I always, she always in her head with a lot of ideas, right? So it's usually a collaboration because I want to be able to deliver what she wants, but she also loves to hear all my ideas. And since fashion is such a big thing, I always want to show her different type of styles or to, we always got to stay one head, one step ahead of anybody that's outside. So we trying to always hit it first before someone else does it. But it's really a collaboration and how we come together and be able to mesh. And then I, whatever she's thinking, I'm thinking, and then we just make it happen. Do you ever get nervous and be like, okay, this idea is a little too crazy. I don't know if she could go for this. Or oh, nothing's ever too okay, crazy for me. There we go. What a bling at. There we go. <laughs> now let's talk about the specific nails that are in front. Why did you chose these to be, or why did you choose these to be showcased? And also the rings, you know, the different, the, the bling on the nails, like that's something I feel like has co definitely come back around again. So why was that the choice for the museum? 
So these nails, I liked, the one thing I liked about the nails is that one, the, of course, the length, but the different dimensions. These nails had a lot of different dimensions. This was her performance going into New Year's. So these were her ABC uh, performance that she did and for uh, Rock and Eve. And so I wanted to create different elements for that look. We did a little bit of everything. She had cheetah heads, she had rings, she had different type of like with the goals and the bling. So it didn't just show one genre of what Sweetie wears, but it showed multiple things. And I mean, who wears rings on their nails, honey? Get married, get married to the nail game. It's giving married to the nail game. You know, something else, they're press-ons. So why do you decide like, look, I want to go the press-on route instead of the, the traditional route of the nail. Honestly, press-ons is when we want to get a little crazy. Because if I have an outfit changed, I'm changing my nails with my outfit. So, you know, pop them on, pop them off. All right. Mm -hmm. And lastly, what are we doing next? What are we doing next? What is the next look that we, we're, we're thinking, that we maybe be something that we want to try out for Sweetie? I mean, you know, you got to go big or go home, baby. So we got to do something that somebody's not expecting. Can't say what exactly what that is because... Freestyle. We like the freestyle. So we got to give it, we got to like the freestyle. So we can't just give y'all the tea on the tea, but, <laughs> but I'll just say, watch out for either the shade room or the gram. Cause you never know. She had them 10 X, those were 10 X long nails with, at McDonald's. Yeah. And that was in Milan, right? Yeah, Big yeah. Mac Mama. That's yeah. what they call me. That's what I show people. No, my nails aren't too long. Look at this. My nails, and I could do anything. If Sweetie can do that, I could do anything. The Grammy Museum's Hip Hop America, the mixtape exhibit, will be on display in Los Angeles until September 2024. That's all we've got for you today, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Extra the Podcast. Be sure to listen and follow on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next time.